to the Listen First podcast, brought to you by the Chapman Foundation for Caring Communities. Our vision and mission is to strengthen relationships and build stronger communities through listening, leadership, care, and service to create a truly human connection. Learn and partner with us as we imagine a society in which people care about each other and listen first. Welcome to the Listen First podcast. I'm your host, Adam Salgut. As our community listens transitions into the Chapman Foundation for Caring Communities, this podcast will continue to be a tool to refresh the teachings of the Communication Skills course. It will also allow us to learn more about the people inside the organization and the businesses we partner with. In this episode, Jules Maloney of the Wisconsin chapter joins me to discuss the needs onion. This layered approach of understanding that every behavior is an expression of a need helps us create self-awareness and move past judgment on others. Jules and I take an in-depth look at our needs as humans, discuss real-life, real-time examples of identifying our needs and how to manage those feelings and physical changes they could bring on. Our discussion this time around mainly focuses on going through the onion from the inside out, which, like I mentioned, leads to better self-awareness. In the future, we will have a podcast that focuses on going from the outside in to help analyze and understand the behaviors of others. Jules is also hosting a Zoom learning roundtable on needs on Wednesday, October 20th, 7 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Check back in our podcast description for a registration link. Jules, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. How's your day going so far? It's going great, Adam. I'm super excited that you invited me to join in to talk about stuff I love. All right. So that's that's right. I asked you, I said, hey, Jules, uh, pick anything that you want to talk about. We, we just want to get something as a refresher, a skill refresher for our community out there. And you brought up the needs onion. Why did you bring that up? Why is that something that you love to talk about? Uh, the needs onion... For those of you who have taken any of our classes, maybe familiar with that name, but those of you who are not, I'm going to walk you through it. So be rest assured, I'm going to explain what the needs onion is. But what I have found personally and what I've heard not only from facilitators, but some of our partners, that this is a graphic they go back to on the regular, that there's so many things they can start to understand as they're learning and over time about themselves and how they interact with others. It may look like a simple graphic, but there is a lot packed in there that people can uh, unwrap over time. So for you, it sounds like it, you you like this particular graphic because you feel like it's 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 got a lot of meaning and people people come back to it often. Yep, it's powerful. There's a, a lot that I don't think we inherently know captured in this simple graphic. And I'm super excited to just walk through all of the pieces to remind some folks. And I'm hoping I can also bring some nuances to it uh, that'll help people uh, open it up even more and increase their self-awareness and their skill and how they engage with the world around them. So if you're wondering about the needs onion, we're going to break that down and give you kind of this visual representation through the podcast form as much as possible in the next couple minutes. Uh, but I think one of the key phrases that will help you remember is, or help you remember this graphic a bit is every behavior is an expression of a need. So that top layer is behavior. And then how should we, how do you want to break this down? Should we start at the top and go in or do we start at the bottom and work our way out? How, what would you prefer? 
It's a good question. I think I'm going to start from the center of the onion and work our way out. Okay. But to your point, I think as people become more familiar and use this graphic over time, they can actually approach it from both directions. Maybe for ourselves, we can connect to the center of it. But if you're trying to get curious about someone else, the first thing you're going to see is their behavior. Right. What are people saying and doing? And then you can walk through the graphic the other way. But today, I think we'll start at the center. So let's start at the center. Needs right. and values. Yeah. So the very center, we've got needs and values. And this is something that I'm going to break up a little bit more as we move through. But the next layer is described as attitudes. Now, attitudes can be something in the moment or it can be something across the time spectrum. And I think for today, I'll use examples that touch on both spaces because our attitude might be different if we're low resource, late for work, have a lot of deadlines. It's going to influence our attitude. But then there's our general attitude as a human being. The layer on top of that are behavioral tendencies. So for anyone who's gone through our, our, uh, our community listens training, certainly understands DISC and that we have behavioral tendencies. These shape our responses to our needs. The next layer in the graphic I'm looking at is the color yellow. So some people refer to it as sort of the golden arch because it has the word choice in it. We have choice on how we respond to the stimulus that we're experiencing in the world. The more we know, the more skillful we can be in that golden arch. It is very powerful. And then the last layer is what's the outcome? What is the behavior that we do choose to demonstrate? The golden arch being how much consciousness is there? Because sometimes people skip that layer and they go to the behavior and we want to bring them back to let's be really careful about what those behaviors are and choose wisely. So those are the layers. And when we can really connect to this piece, I think why I love it so much is it invites me to be much more self-aware and move past judgment. And that's the biggest thing. It's very easy to judge myself and judge others based on that outer layer of behavior. But if I understand more about the center piece, what are their needs and what are their values, I'm more likely to soften and move past judgment. And for me personally, I get more curious and creative about how we can understand each other. Now, I'm not saying this is easy because it isn't. Uh, it's a practice. It's a muscle. It's lifelong. And there's so many other things that influence it. But I think if we understand these layers, we can be skillful humans who can move towards connection and understanding and pass that judgment. So let me break it down a little bit for you. The words values and needs are at the center and they're closely linked, but I'm actually going to open this up a little bit more and invite people to take it deeper from my own personal experience of this. Sure. So it'll help you be much more conscious and aware of how you move through it. So I like to think of needs as being kind of the thread that sews together my values over time. And again, they are closely connected and the needs make up my values. And these influence how I personally show up in my daily life. So the needs that show up more frequently for me, they tend to rise to the top of how I interact with people. I call it kind of the cream of the crop. Those shape my values. So when we think about needs, there's this universal set of needs. And I want to say there are some cultural differences. And I'm going to speak generally to uh, the, the uh, audience that we might be interacting with, might be familiar with North American cultural behaviors, or maybe sure. what people might call Western cultural behaviors. So needs are generally uh, similar across the board. Values, however, are our own unique constellation that are made up of those universal needs. They're still there. I can get what your values are because we have the same needs, 
but that cream of the crop for you is going to be different than the cream of the crop for me. Can you give me some detail or examples of needs? Like when you were talking about this universal needs, I mean, I have some idea. I'm assuming something like safety would be a need, maybe potential for uh, nourishment. Like, I mean, like food, basic yeah. needs. So sure. um, are we talking about those at this level that kind of basic, sim- simple human yeah. needs? And then when we're talking about Western culture, maybe they start to morph into other things. Is that a potential? Yeah. And I, I won't spend too much time talking about the cultural differences. Sure. Most of us are familiar with Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? So at the very base level, we're looking at physical needs. Do we have food? Do we have shelter? Do we have safety? Do we have clothing? Do we have a place to sleep? When those needs are met, then we can kind of get to that next level. So we move to security needs, then maybe love and connections, esteem, purpose and meaning as we get up that that hierarchy. And at the very top is self-actualization. And the reason it's a pyramid is if those bottom layers aren't met, we can't get to the top. So think about if your life is suddenly taken over by a situation where maybe your house has a fire and you can't stay in your house, your focus now gets to the bottom of that hierarchy of needs where you are focused on shelter and safety and those basic needs for you and your family. You're not spending time working on self-actualization. You are focused on that basic piece. So we can all get that. We get, you know what, I'm not going to ask Adam to to do this thing because Adam's focused on these core things right now. It's consuming his world. So I'm going to have understanding in that. And hopefully we can have that understanding for ourselves. So that's Maslow, someone that we're commonly exposed to. Now, there's another psychologist named Marshall Rosenberg, and he says that there's basically seven needs, connection, physical well-being, honesty, play, peace, autonomy, and meaning. Interesting. Yeah. No, I was just commenting. I mean, those are interesting because it's uh, those are the things that are a little bit more emotional. Some of them feel a little bit more emotional and less, kind of, for lack of a better term, animalistic. Like the idea of just needing like your basic baseline. These are a little bit more of that to me sound like a level up of connection to humans, connections to self. Yep, exactly. We are complex beings. Right. And so those are seven categories. We know things are much more nuanced. So if you think about... Uh, I'll give you an example. The need for connection can be nuanced into so many different ways. So for example, there's the need for belonging. I, I think about sports here. You know, we all want to know that there's a place that we can go where we're accepted. And I'm not a sports person. And I used to be really judgmental of, you know, people walking around town all wearing, I live in Wisconsin, the Packers, the Brewers or all of that, because it just wasn't a place for me to feel a sense of belonging. But once I understood that if somebody's got a Packer shirt on and they go somewhere and someone else has a Packer shirt on, there's an instant connection. Like we are both fans. We've got something we can talk about. There is this sense of belonging and that softened my judgment of sports. So that's all about connection. Now there's also companionship. That's a nuanced piece of connection. We all want someone who we trust and enjoy being with and sharing life experiences with. How about mutuality? That is a nuanced need of connection. I think about work. I like working with people who have similar ways of being at work, similar ideas about how we do our work. We have a mutual perspective on that. So that nourishes my sense of connection. What about support? That's a nuanced of connection. 
Someone might know me well enough that they can see something's going on and they show up in a way that just provides a steady hand in my world or maybe even a hand up. So having people in my life that meet my need for connection in more nuanced ways is a powerful way to see it, to understand ourselves, and then to not only communicate it, but maybe ask for what we need. Maybe, Adam, you're needing some support in your life, having someone that you can talk to to give you some guidance on something. To be able to speak that to another person, like, hey, I could use some support, and here's the specific ways in which that might be, is that something you're willing to do? You're able to express yourself and meet your needs. So my whole point here is going back to that center onion. So we have our needs. There's a lot going on there. There are many needs. The more we can understand them, the more we can choose our behaviors and the more we can build connection. Here's another way to think about needs. I like to think of them as an equalizer on an old school stereo. Remember those that have like all the little columns that start with green, go to yellow up to red. And then throughout a song, they're going up and down all the time. Think about my daily life like that. I have all these needs lined up and throughout the day, they're going up and down. Some stay in the green all day long. Some might move up into the yellow, showing that that need is stimulated right now and needs my attention. Maybe something's going on and I need to have a conversation so that I can get clarity with someone. And then it might move up into the red. And that's saying it needs my attention whether I take an action to meet that need or I just accept it for what it is, is an important thing. So needs are not static. They're constantly shifting and changing. And the more we can understand it, the more we can choose. So there's a lot that we can dig into in understanding our needs. So let me just give you some some examples. So we all have a need for meaning in what we do, what we say, and how we live our lives. That's kind of a universal need. Part of that, a nuance of meaning is Mm self-expression being in a world where we don't have the choice to have self-expression. I don't want to live in that world. Nuance need. So my own unique expression is based on my own unique lived experience in life. And I want to know that I can share that and there's space for that in this world. But for me, I take it even further. I have a need for creative self-expression. So Adam, you can see me right now. Folks who are listening cannot, but right now I have on big blue glasses with white polka dots. I also happen to have on a blue shirt with white polka dots, and I have my nose pierced in three places. So I like to express myself not only visually, but I also tend to express myself creatively with my words, my language, and I tend to be a little more creative and playful at work and how I interact with people. So this actually becomes a value for me. One of my top values is creative expression. You can see it, you can hear it, and I prioritize that. I want to be in spaces where my need for creative expression is met. And it's so nourishing to be in a workplace or a community or a group of friends where that is welcomed and that need is met. So that's one example. But let's talk a little bit about stability and what that can look like. So stability can be many things. It can be emotional stability. It can be um, relationship stability. It can be financial stability. So sometimes we just have to accept it for where it is. So I understand that this is something you can connect with right now. It is something I can connect with right now. Uh, This week is my last week at my part-time position with the community center that I work for in Midland. It's a position, uh, this direct position I've held for five years and um, I've worked for the organization since I was 20 years old. So this is my 17th year. And this, so I'm stepping into uncharted territory for me where I will not have a check 
coming from them for the first time in basically my entire adult life. So when it comes to stability, that is a financial uh, earthquake in a way to my stability. However, I prepared for that earthquake over the last few years. I mean, this has been something that I've wanted to do. It's been something I've been growing into. Uh, It's been something I've been financially preparing for. As I step away from a guaranteed 20 hours a week at a certain pay rate, I know that I have money in the bank to help support me as I step into going full-time post-production work, uh, my side my side business. But I, it's still, uh, it, you mentioned something in there, emotional stability. I have very strong emotional stability normally, but leaving this position has been 17 years of commitment and relationships and uh, just so much growth and the opportunities that they gave me, I wouldn't be where I am. I wouldn't have the retirement fund that I have if it wasn't for them. I would have never put money away for retirement unless they would have said to me when I was 22 years old, hey, we offer a 401k. Do you want to put a little bit in there? Sure. I said, yes, it's the best decision I ever made that didn't have any idea that I would ever make. You know what I mean? And it would have never happened if I didn't have an organization that cared for people first. Emotional stability right now is a little bit shaky as well. This yeah. week is going to be kind of tough to like oh. <laughs> navigate through. Um, and you mentioned one more thing in stability about relationship. Uh, I have a great relationship with my wife. It's a healthy, solid relationship. Oh. So that makes all of this other instability uh, palatable. And, uh, you know, right now, and you were talking about needs of self-expression, there's a high need. And I don't remember exactly how you put it, but the, the need for growth, like right now, I'm looking at my need for growth as a little bit more important than my need for financial stability. Absolutely. So I'm hearing so much Paxton's example, and I want to do two things first. And this sure. is here to understand some of the other tools that we use to connect to understanding our needs. The first thing I want to ask you is when you were talking about that, what did you notice in your body? Were you feeling anything, any tension or restriction or anything in your body when you were talking about that? A little bit of tightness in the neck or in the lungs, a little bit of that, like almost choked up feeling, but not quite. I know that's coming though. There's a good buy party on Wednesday. And I already said, I'm probably wearing my glasses instead of my contacts. Cause I, I don't think I'm going to make my way through without crying. Uh, so I know I already, yeah, from a body of physical presence. Yeah. I can feel, I can feel that emotion build up a little bit in me. The reason I ask that is because our bodies are giving us information all the time. You know, our our feelings and our needs, they live in our body. And this is an in for folks. Pay attention to your body. It's telling you when you have a met or unmet need. So it's a wonderful tool to, to notice. Now, the next thing I wanted to ask you is when you were telling me that about this transition that you're about to make, what were some feelings that you can identify like one or two? Well, I said this earlier to a friend when we were chatting about, I'm excited and I'm sad. Like it's, yeah. it's really like, and it's even past excited, like it's ecstatic, joyous. Like I, I am very ready to like create my own space, find more work if I need it. But I have built such a good uh, word of mouth groundwork that I got an email today about a potential photography gig. So, I mean, I know it's there, but I'm also ready to really fight for it and push for it if I need to. Like, I know I'm ready to do those things. But at the same time, I'm sad because for two reasons. One, financial stability is part of it. It is. I'm sad that that is something I 
know I need to let go in order to grow because there's some fear along with it. But I'm, I'm also sad because of the relationships, the people that I am kind of leaving behind are just leaving. They're not leaving behind per se, but because uh, I don't like the idea of behind as if I'm moving forward and they're not. I, I, right. I kind of, I have found myself trying to not say leave behind. Yeah, I, it's shifting. Yeah. The daily right. connection is shifting, right? Yes, that's a great way to put it. So like I have a lot of those relationships with people and just easy relationships too, right? Like people I've worked with for six plus, seven plus years that, we just step right into it and we know where we need to go. We know what we need to do. We know how to work together. We can bounce ideas off each other and we know who's going to take on what. So there's sadness in that space of not having those connections with those people anymore. And so the reason I asked you what you were feeling is because that is another way to connect to your needs. Our feelings are a manifestation of a need being met or not being met in general. So when you said you're feeling some sadness, uh, it's that that shifting away from the connection to friends and that sense of community, that that sense of companionship is going to be changing. So there's some mourning there. Mourning is actually a need. Like it's a universal need that humans need to be able to do. So having that need for mourning met and that uh, potential need for the same kind of companionship and connection, will it be there as you transition? And then the other piece about stability, you shared, you can see how there's so many needs in one situation and you were able to pull out several really important ones. Your need for learning and growth sounds like it's super high to advance your career, to step more fully into these skills. And that needs your attention. Your need for financial stability is just as important, but you're willing to set it aside a little bit right now to give more of your energy to your need for growth and learning and manifesting this work world. So the reason I mentioned that is that you can see that need for financial stability and say, I see you. I love you. You're (laughs) me. You matter. But right now I'm going to put more of my energy into this piece. I'm not forgetting about you because you know, that, that financial stability needs to happen. But I know in order for me to get back to that financial stability, I've got to grow. So we're not putting one necessarily as better or worse, or that they all have to be met all the time. We're going to shift our energy sometimes that we can put it where it needs to be in that moment. And I will say that sometimes we have needs that we just have to accept won't be met for a while. And that's a tough one. They still exist. They still matter. So I'll give you an example for me personally. uh, When I left my marriage and I moved into going to school. I had two kids to raise and take care of. I knew being a solo parent and going to school meant a lot of time. And so I was not willing to step into building more companionship in my life because I had only so much energy to put toward school and my kids. And so I looked at that need and I said, I see you, I love you, but I'm not putting my energy towards that. Later on in time, once I was really secure in my parenting as a single parent, and move further in going back to school and my education, I could then put energy towards that. So we're not fighting to have our needs met all the time, but when we can see it and name it, then we can take very clear steps on how to behave around it. So if I go back to that needs onion, the graphic, and we take a look at our two examples, when you know at the center of your needs and your values is that growth in the skills of push productions and to really kind of step into that space and, and see how you can contribute in that world with those skills, 
your attitudes around that, you know, they're probably excited. You said, and you're a little scared. There's a little sadness, but there's kind of this, I need to do this. Your behavioral tendencies are going to influence what you do next. Do you mind sharing what your disc behavioral tendencies are? I'm a, I'm a split between an I and a C and an S. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm kind of, but which is interesting to sometimes when I've always thought about that, I'm like, I really enjoy being my own business owner, which I, in the stereotypical, you would think maybe that's a high D, someone who is in charge and wants to be in charge. But what I've realized with the type of work that I do, I like to work with organizations that need help. So I'm, I know I can step in and I can help them. So I'm, I'm meeting that. I, that would be the I category, right? I believe. I think it could be both I and S just depending on how it shows up. Yeah. Yeah. So I like stepping into that space and I like stepping into a space where they have a directive, meaning there's maybe a marketing director, someone who I'm going to be working directly with, someone that is going to guide me in just the idea of like, what do they, you know, they know kind of what they want. Uh, I like being creative, but I also like being given a direction. So, because I also, because I feel like sometimes creativity thrives when it's put in a box and it's told, get out of the box, as opposed to here's the whole world, go do whatever you want to do. It's all up to you, you know, go, go. So we've chatted on that actually, Mike, Mike Disparis and Misty and I have chatted on that before. And uh, I just mentioned that. So what I mean is, even though I'm owning my own business and you think that might be a D me being spread across like kind of ICNS makes sense to me because of the type of work I know I go find, I go find work where they need directive help. I'm able to, you know, take charge and I know certain things and I can self, you know, motivate, but uh, that's where my, I kind of spread evenly across those three. And I heard those tendencies and how you were describing what you were doing. You know, there's that excitement, of moving into this new expression, this new thing, this fresh way of showing up every day. You know, you're moving past this thing you've been doing for 17 years that you care about. You care about the people there. I'm hearing those S tendencies, right? And then you have a kind of structure that you're longing for and how you do it, how you engage and how you interact with people. So I heard your tendencies on how you're getting the need for that growth and contribution met. So then you've got choice. So how are you going to do it? What are you going to say? Who are you going to reach out to? So if you know you want to grow, you know you want a certain kind of meaning and purpose in your life that has to do with push productions. You know your behavioral tendencies require certain things for you, you know, who you work with, how you work with, what's the structure. Then what are you going to choose to say, do, or uh, behave around people? So the more you know this, the more that golden arch of choice is yours. You're, You're engaged and you're more likely to do things that build understanding and connection. So that's why this is such a magical, it's not so much that it's magic, but it really can produce amazing results if you dig into this needs onion. So take the opportunity next time you're faced with maybe something that's showing up as tension in your body. You're noticing some kind of discord or some disconnect. Try to figure out what the needs are. Now, I actually use some different tools to connect me to the needs. So in our community lessons, we have the feelings wheel. Mm -hmm. If folks remember, there's sort of those core feelings. And then as we move out the wheel, it gets more nuanced. Needs are the same way. There's sort of those seven in the middle, and then they get more nuanced. You can Google list of needs. I use these decks of cards. They're called Grok cards, G-R-O-K. 
and they have a list of feelings or a set of cards that are feelings and a set of cards that are needs. There's many other tools out there, but that's what I use to help me get connected. Like, what am I needing right now? What's going on for me? You know, I'm noticing that I'm sad or irritated or I'm frustrated. What's the need? Once I know that, suddenly there might be so many different pathways I can go to get that need met. I might be, have been irritated because I thought there was only one way. Like this other person has to behave a certain way for this need to be met. Well, if I focus on the need, suddenly, oh, I can actually take this work path or I can actually engage a coworker and a different department in a different way to get that need met. Or I can hang out with this set of friends to get that. There's suddenly so many possibilities. The choices open up, but we may not know what that is until we take the time to connect the need. There's no one way to meet a need. There's many ways. We are complex beings. And I long for people to have more knowledge of those beautiful needs. I know that sounds super flowery. <laughs> it's, it's what we do each day. It's how we show up. Now, there's another way to do it too, is maybe you find yourself in a place of delight or laughing or really enjoying a coworker. Think about this when you're about to have your party, the going away party, and all these folks are going to be coming up to you and showering you with their perspective. What needs were met with those different people that you worked with? You know, I've had coworkers who met my need for play and companionship. I've met, uh, co I've had coworkers who totally met my need for efficiency and clarity and productivity. You know, what specifically did they do that met that? What was their behavior that met that need? This is how we can communicate back and forth. Like, hey, when you sent me that email with a request but you put on there, please respond by this date. Ah, it totally met my need for predictability and order. So I knew what to do and when. If it didn't have that, I might not have even responded because I'd forget about it, uh, whatever that might be. So we can use this in many ways in which we engage our self-awareness, whether we're feeling tension, whether we're feeling delight, whatever that might be. The overarching invitation is to dig in, build your self-awareness, know what your needs are, Nobody is here to judge your needs. They are what they are. They just exist. It's how you behave around those needs that matter. If you choose a poor strategy that creates disconnection, you might get a lot of judgment and blame and consequences you weren't longing for. If you engage and behave in a way that creates connection, understanding, you might find your relationships and your work much richer. Jules, you have done such a wonderful job of reminding me that this need slide, that every behavior is an expression of a need, has so much more to do with our own needs too. Like, like for example, when this was brought up, I immediately started thinking about every behavior is an expression of a need. And I started thinking about my kids and I started thinking about how I use it often when I see them. And I use it when I think about the person on Facebook who posted the political meme that I don't agree with or whatever it might be. It might even be a sports meme that I don't agree with. Right. And I think about how this applies to working through a potential agreement or uh, acceptance with them. But today you've made me realize just how deep this goes in a self-actualization and how much that can mean to then even help me look at it. Like I initially thought so. And I think we are, we're already at about 30 some minutes. So I don't want to step into the reverse. You know how we said we can kind of work from outside in. I think that's another podcast. And I really want to leave this space the way that we have left it in the idea of looking at self-actualization 
understanding what our bodies do, understanding what our behaviors are and asking ourselves, why do we feel this way? What's causing this? What can I do about it? What choices can I make? And, and ask ourselves, why does that matter so much? So I'm not quite ready to wrap it up because I want to make sure that you have shared everything that you want to in that space. Um, so I'm going to give you that opportunity now. If there's anything else you want to add in the idea of utilizing this needs onion and the need slide as an opportunity to become self-aware, please add on now. Uh, you know, it's one of those things where I don't even know what I said. So I'll play it. Made <laughs> so hopefully what you heard made sense. I know there were a couple spots there where it's like, whoa, where is she going? She's going out there. But I hope I brought it back in a way that made sense. And absolutely, I would love to talk about this more. I'd love to bring in Mickey to bring in the parenting perspective and, and how we can observe behaviors in kids and be able to walk backwards and guess what their needs are. And from there, find ways to get everybody's needs met, just maybe at different times. So uh, I think there's more to come on this topic. I believe so too. And, and like I said, I think taking the opportunity to think about yourself first, I know is going to help me when I do need to apply it in the reverse in a way and trying to figure out what's going on with my kids. Or like I said, working through someone else's uh, potential needs or what their behaviors are trying to understand them when maybe they don't align with mine. Yes. I so appreciate you saying that the more you see it in yourself, the more likely you're going to be able to see it and identify it in others. That's awesome. So I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. I want to ask you about a key takeaway. So one thing that I want you to toss out there for listeners to ponder, to listen, to, to think about as uh, we finish up the podcast. I think the key takeaway is to know that your needs matter and that there are many needs that are common ground for all of us. So take the time to understand what your needs are in different situations, and that will serve you in so many ways in how you understand yourself, celebrate yourself, build your skills, but also how you see and celebrate and build skills in other people. Well said, Jules. Thank you so so much. And uh, tonight our lions, my lions face your Packers, whether you've bought a Packer shirt or not. So I'm just going to send this off with a go lions. <laughs> I didn't even know they were playing Adam. <laughs> no, I kind of, I thought you might not have been that, on that sports level, but it was kind of cool that you mentioned it. Uh, and it was an interesting point um, about how sports really do just, you get that connection, that immediate connection. And it's interesting for yourself, how you've changed your perspective on, on that a little bit as you start to understand it differently. Yeah. So, Thanks so much. I appreciate you being on the podcast. Thank you, Adam, for creating space for us to explore this.